atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here Last week, Pastor said, the manifest power of God will give you the answer for the power in your house. That's the power to change the atmosphere in your house. That's the power to change the atmosphere in your family, the atmosphere in your marriage, the atmosphere at your job, the atmosphere in your community. That's a pretty important power. And then going on in Acts chapter 2, we see that there's evidence that there was something that physically happened to them. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, mighty, as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then in Acts 4, chapter 4, we see that what happened when the believers came together to pray after being threatened for their preaching. They were preaching and... Um, those in spiritual authority, basically, uh, were threatening them because of, basically because of the, the power that they had. And so they went back into their own company and they came together. And Acts 4.31 says, And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so you see, when they came together in that place, in one accord, they were all filled. It wasn't a few of them. It was a corporate thing. They were all filled. Thank you, LaRoyce, for that hearty amen. <laughs> there are some that think, and say that we receive the Holy Spirit when we're born again. And I believe that. And some say that that's all there is to it. There's nothing else. And that's probably um, what I was taught growing up. Um, but I think Acts 19 shows us a different picture. Acts 19, verses 1 through 5. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corneth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. So then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him 
who would come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So they didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. So they couldn't have received it with their salvation because they didn't know it existed. That, that's, that's just one of my favorites. <clears throat> John 14 shows us that the Holy Spirit is a comforter and a teacher and that he abides with us and is in us forever. I told you this was going to go really fast. <clears throat> John 14, verses 16 through 21 and verse 26. And this is in the King James Version. And I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knoweth him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, yet in a little while, And the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. And that day, and I believe that that day refers to the day where they receive the Holy Spirit. Ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye, ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, it is he that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, in verse 21, that word manifest in the Greek is emphanedzo, which means to show, to inform, to declare plainly, to exhibit in person, or to close by, by words. So let's look back at 21 again. Okay, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them is he that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father. And I'll love him and I'll manifest, declare myself plainly, exhibit in person, disclose by words, show and inform myself to him. Well, knowing that I love God... He loves me. His spirit lives and abides in me. I fully expected him to manifest himself to me in a big way this past week. Okay? Because I was expecting a big week. Because, why? Because, what was it we heard? About a little bit, uh, there's always enough of God in you to shift the atmosphere. 
So I was really expecting to hear from God this week. <clears throat> so here's what I envisioned, okay? And you may think this is silly, but I mean, I really did. This is what I, I really thought was going to happen. <clears throat> I was going to have this week where I spent hours seeking the Father's heart. All my alone time would be consumed worshiping and hearing directly from the throne room. And I would probably just get one revelation after another. When I left the house in the mornings, I'd be so full of the Holy Ghost, I'd almost be overcome by the presence of God. It would literally fill my car like a fog, and it would just follow me into my office at work, just kind of float in there. I'd arrive early to work, like I often do, and I'd walk into every room in my office just so I could deposit a little of God's presence in every room in that place. And I'd make the coffee, and I'd spend a few minutes singing in the spirit before I started my day. That's what I planned to do. And then others would arrive, and they'd start about their day, and then it would happen. As they began to go about their routine, they'd realize there was something different in the atmosphere. And very likely, before the week was over, at least one of them would mention that just something was a little different this week. And I wouldn't really have to say anything because I would know it was God. <clears throat> now, knowing that I was going to be preparing for a message this morning, I'd spend my lunch hours in the Word so that I had plenty of time you know, to hone in on what God wanted to say this morning. So I took my Bible to work every day this week. And I planned to just close my office door and use my time wisely. And I was pretty sure I'd have it all laid out by Wednesday. And I was planning a very spiritual, Holy Spirit-filled week. And you know what happened? Well, first there was almost no alone time. My husband's been off several days this week, um, so he's been home. So he's, uh, my, the time that I normally have alone, I wasn't alone. Um, I just couldn't seem to get enough sleep this week. I just wanted to sleep all the time. One morning, my alarm clock didn't go off at all. I arrived early one morning out of five, just barely. Our part-time person had the flu. And she was out all week, and I was scrambling to help cover the phones and her job. Some days I didn't get a lunch hour, and the other days I had lunch appointments or meetings. There was no tangible presence of God following me from the car into the building every, every morning. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was a stench in God's nostrils. And as the week wore on, I was getting more and more disappointed. Everything and everyone was getting in the way of my God time. 
I was upset with myself and I was upset with God because I felt like he hadn't come through for me quite like I thought he would. And by Friday, I was almost mad. I'm just being real with you. So what had gone wrong? I was going to change the atmosphere. Wasn't that what Pastor had said? There's always enough of God in you to change the atmosphere. And there is enough of God in me to change the atmosphere. But unfortunately, sometimes there's enough of us in there to change the atmosphere too, isn't there? And not in a good way. Friday afternoon, I did get to go to lunch with my husband. And the gal came and took our order. And I made an unnecessary comment. Wasn't even really a bad comment, just an unnecessary comment. And it changed the atmosphere of our meal. He barely spoke after that. We haven't talked about this. But it did, didn't it? And immediately, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, See, I'm right here. And this is the kind of thing I want to help you with. And my attitude did begin to change. And I was reminded by the indwelling teacher, the Holy Spirit, that we've worked on this before. Like verse 26 said, he was bringing it to my remembrance. Back in verse 26. Let's read that again. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He was bringing it to my remembrance. The Greek word for remembrance in that verse is to remind, means to remind us quietly. And it was very quiet. He just just spoke softly to my heart. It also means to suggest to the memory. He doesn't have to beat us over the head with it. He just reminds us quietly. And for me, this was just kind of a combination of some of the things he's been reminding me of. Love. Gentleness. Self-control. Does that sound familiar? Galatians 5.22. Fruit of the Spirit. In other words, not everything that pops into my head needs to come out of my mouth. You know, it really wasn't that I said anything bad. It just didn't need to be said at all. Because it changed the atmosphere. And I think this is a really, um, really interesting when we're talking about the Holy Spirit 
We've talked about tongues. Is it any wonder that God uses tongues as the evidence for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when it's so often our physical tongue that gets us into so much trouble? Thank goodness he just gives us a quiet reminder. Can you imagine if he reprimanded us like we do each other at times? Not with a quiet suggestion, but loudly and sharply. What if every time the Holy Spirit had to bring something to our remembrance, he treated us like a dog owner with a shock collar? I'm pretty sure there'd be days that my feet wouldn't hit the ground. You know, it wasn't really until this morning that I really understood what God was wanting to stress the Holy Spirit in our lives. It really is not about the correction. It's not only the things that he's helping us to change and correct in our lives that he wants to bring to our remembrance. He wants to bring scripture to our remembrance so that we have it at the ready. So when things happen, like with Judy, when her family had a need, when you get a call and someone needs to go, so we can be instant in season to give a word, a God word, at just the right moment, divinely inspired, so that he can aid and assist and that, yes, he can change the atmosphere. He brings to our remembrance everything that God has said to us. All those plans and promises that he's spoken forth over the years. And I'd like for us to just close our eyes for a few moments. And allow the Holy Spirit to bring some things to your remembrance today. Because we don't have to be in a hurry here. So if you would, just close your eyes for a minute. You know, some of the things that he might want to remind you about may stand out as very vivid. They may be a triumphant victory that took place, maybe in a big church, maybe in front of a crowded congregation. Maybe it was a call to ministry. Maybe it was a prophetic word regarding a particular gifting. For some of us, it might be a reminder about private conversations with him where you received a nudge toward a vocation. Where he gave you the approval of your life's mate that you'd been wanting. It might be that he's reminding you about specific instruction on how he planned to handle a situation for you or how he wanted to handle it, wanted you to handle it with his help. He may want to bring to your remembrance this morning a time when he met a financial need in unexpected way. (laughs) 
how he demonstrated his healing power in your body. And you may have a physical need this morning, and he just wants to remind you of a time before when he healed you. Of a time when he used you to meet somebody else's need. Of a time when he comforted you when you didn't think that you could be comforted. I just encourage you this morning if you're born again and you have not asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit it's available it's a a free gift that comes with power and comfort and a teacher and a guide a whole packet of benefit for you and I just encourage you to ask and if you're not comfortable coming forward in a service for that then I encourage you to seek out someone and ask them to pray with you for that. It's testimony time. Some of you may wonder how hard it is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to tell you what it was in my family. I didn't know anything about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. Didn't even really know about it except it was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. My wife got kind of crazy on me and started going to prayer meetings and stuff. And one day she comes home and she says, I got the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, oh, well, whoop-de-doo. And she said, would you like to hear my prayer language? I said, oh, by all means. And she started going, and I thought, my Lord, she's gone crazy, and I have three little kids that still have to be raised. It wasn't a fun time for me because I didn't really understand. But my father, when he was 80 years old, roughly 79, had Parkinson's disease and he had dementia. I mean, he'd look at the wall and say, there was ducks on the pond, let's go down and get them. And he was taking a turn for the worse, and I was on the way to call on an account in Topeka, Kansas. I sold Magnavox televisions in those days. And uh, I started trying to pray for my dad. And I thought, Lord, I don't know how to pray for him. You know, 
maybe you ought to just take him because things are not going well with him right now and he's sick. I said, Lord, just teach me how to pray. And it was kaboom. I pulled off the side of the road. And I kept going. I'm thinking I'm crazy. And I just kept doing it and doing it. And a peace came over me. And I thought, my wife isn't crazy after all. <laughs> I didn't even make the call that day. I just drove around and almost ran out of gas. Praising the Lord and speaking in other tongues. And basically, it's just making a sound that the Spirit gives utterance. You ask the Lord, and when you ask, you know what He does? He gives. So, if anybody wants to come forward and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, come up. I'll talk to you about it. But it's easy. Get in your prayer closet. Just pray to the Lord and ask Him.